So yes, we're talking about Jesus again. Not that I remember bored of talking about Jesus. He's the best thing to talk about. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are Lord. You are King. There is no one like you. There is no one before you, no one after you. And I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you anoint your speaker to deliver his message, to deliver your message, Lord, your words in my mouth, spoken to your people. Let them have ears to hear, hearts to receive, and a mind to understand. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. So this is part two of the God the Son preach, part of the Holy Trinity, This Is Our God series. And the key scripture to focus on today is 1 John 4.14, which says, Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. So in part one, we looked at why we can believe that Jesus is the Son of God and looked at some of his various names and titles and particularly focused on Jesus being our healer and baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So a quick recap. He existed with the Trinity before creation. Both the Old and the New Testament testified Jesus is the Son of God. At a particular point in history, he was born a man, but remained fully God. He lived a perfect, sinless life and did things only God can do. He announced a new age of God's kingdom. He fulfilled every Old Testament prophecy regarding the Messiah. And Jesus has many titles. He has these because he's worthy, but more importantly, he has these titles because he loved us even unto death. So before we look at Jesus as Savior and coming King, I want us to look at two key questions about Jesus. The first question is, why did Jesus have to come to earth? Jesus came to fully reveal who God is to mankind, as people for many years have misrepresented the image of God, who he is, and what he stands for. He came from heaven to do the will of the Father and make known to us the will and purposes of the Father, as John 8, John 6, verses 38 to 40 state. Jesus revealed God's plan to those who would love and follow him. He sent the Holy Spirit to us, and his works glorified the Father. He humbled himself for this purpose, to identify with mankind and to become the ultimate representation of God to humanity, allowing us to be able to relate on our level with who God is. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and equip us in how to fight and resist them as well. John 10, verse 10 and 11. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came they may have, that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his own life for the sheep. Most Bibles don't have the own bit. I've added that in because it's his life that he laid down. No one else's. Jesus came that we may have life in him abundantly. And he shows good, God's goodness towards all men. John 14 verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus provides the only way to have unity with God the Father and with the Trinity. 
And Jesus is very clear that if you reject him, then you reject his father who sent him. So in a nutshell, you're rejecting God himself. He came for us to save us all, to die like no other would, so we could live as no other can without God. Jesus not only brought the good news of the gospel, but he himself is the good news. So why did Jesus have to die for us? To ensure our salvation and redemption in him. Jesus taught his disciples many times that he was the Messiah who must suffer and die as the Old Testament prophets declared. He never shied away from difficult situations or conversations regarding this. Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Jesus is our redeemer. His blood purchased our salvation and redemption. Through his death and resurrection, all may see that Jesus was, is, and always will be the Son of God. He had to die to defeat Satan, sin, and death. And so the Holy Spirit could come and dwell within us to fulfill the implementation of God's kingdom here on earth through his church. This leads us to look at the remaining two titles of Jesus from the four square gospel. I touched on this in, the, in part one, where the four square gospel starts with saviour, healer, baptizer in the Holy Spirit, coming king. The word saviour, Jesus saviour, the word saviour in the Bible stands for deliverer, preserver, rescuer, benefactor. Man's rebellion against God and the impact of this allowed sin and death into God's perfect world and separated us from God. This needed to be fixed, but humanity could not do it on its own. God needed to put right what Adam had made wrong. We needed to be redeemed, brought back at insurmountable cost. The eternal Son of God became a man to save us, to be our saviour. Hebrews 2 from verse 9. But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honour because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. God gave of himself and gave himself dying on the cross for us. Not only does Jesus save us from sin, he saves us from ourselves and our destructive natures. Church, let me be clear. We are all sinners saved by grace. There is no one on earth apart from Jesus who can say he's never sinned. There's no one on this earth that can say he is good, she is good. Only Jesus That's the whole reason he came to die for us. We need to get out of the mindset that we're doing okay. Without him, we are not. Let me keep saying that. Because that is the truth. Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit and woman to become the only bridge between a righteous, holy God and sinful man. Jesus, being fully God and fully man, was able to live a perfect, sinless life and become our great high priest able to offer the perfect sacrifice 
atoning for our sins once and for all, and mediating between God and man. The ultimate high priest made the ultimate sacrifice to establish the ultimate covenant to achieve the ultimate salvation for us. You can't beat Jesus. The person through whom all things were created gave his life for us, and his blood started a new covenant of grace through faith with God. John 1, verse 29. The next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. As the Lamb of God, Jesus came to freely give his life for us, taking all our sins unto himself, so those who wouldn't love and follow him will be delivered from God's judgment and wrath on Jesus' return. When we accept, when we accept Jesus as Saviour, his sinless sacrifice supplies us with his righteousness, and we are reborn through the Holy Spirit. Jesus' sacrifice paid the ransom and penalty for our sins. Okay, I'll just share this. The other day, I had to pay a fine, a speeding fine, which I wasn't happy about. No, because I don't like giving the government money that I don't have to give them. But I committed the crime. I had to put my hands up. They'd clocked me with a camera of a certain speed over the particular speed limit. So I had to pay up. I had to pay the penalty. So you can't go about living your life, committing something that you shouldn't be doing, and don't expect that there's a penalty. Jesus paid the full penalty for us. The full penalty. There is no other penalty we have to pay once we've received Jesus. It's done. I don't have to worry about anything else. Jesus has done it all and paid that penalty. He took our punishment to ensure our salvation and restored the broken relationship between man and God and we are accepted by God through him. Through Jesus we have passed from eternal death to eternal life, as John 5.24 states. And the Holy Spirit continues God's work of sanctification in our lives to make us a new creation in Christ. Jesus our Saviour conquered at the cross powers and principalities, temptations, evil, sin, death, and he fulfilled the requirements of the law. Let me explain the law. There are two in the Old Testament. There's the moral law, which is the Ten Commandments, which I believe is eternal. They are still active even today. We still must not lie. We must still not murder. Then there's the ceremonial law. Now, these were the laws that God instigated to cleanse the people of God. So this is when they had to kill a bull, a lamb, a sheep, a goat. And even in one context, they had to use something what we call a scapegoat where they put the sins of the people on that goat and sent it out. Jesus fulfilled all of that in his sacrifice. Jesus broke the curse of sin and death, making the way for those who believe to be saved. We are grafted into his family, and he empowers us to live a life pleasing to God, preparing us for eternal life with him. 1 Peter 3, verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. 
We need to be born again by the Holy Spirit to receive and live in the new life God has for us. Dying to the desires of the flesh and living for the glory of God by his grace and mercies towards us. Galatians 5 verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Nothing is impossible for God. He has shown us he does the impossible and he's still showing us he's doing it even today. Jesus has already defeated sin and death, died and been resurrected. And on his return, nothing will stand in his way to complete the plan of his father. No one can hinder or stop what has destined to come to pass. God the Father has made Jesus the head of the church, his body, through his obedience and faithfulness to ensure our salvation. Jesus continues to lead and nurture his church and will do so until his return. Which leads nicely into Jesus as coming king. Jesus ascended to heaven to the right hand of God after his devastating victory over the enemy, sin and death. He will remain in heaven until the last day determined by God the Father. John 14 verses 2 and 3. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you, you, take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. That's a promise. Hold on to that promise. He's coming back and he's taking us to a much better place. He ascended to heaven still fully man and fully God and will remain so forevermore. Until his return, he is preparing a place for his people and we will share in this on his return for us. He is the bridegroom. We are the church. We are his bride. He is coming back for his bride to take her to a feast and a place he has prepared for those who lived for him and were faithful to him. We are joint ears with Jesus on his return. While he completes his growing kingdom, he's interceding for us at the right hand of God. He is our advocate in heaven. Revelations 1 verse 7. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. Let me just draw you to that word, wail. Every, all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. They're not, some people are not going to be pleased to see Jesus. We will be, because we know that we are in his hands. But there will be those who won't be happy to see him. And they'll be the ones that are wailing. So that's why we are trying to show people now, before that day comes, you need to be in Jesus. You need to know him. So when that day does come, you're not, you're not going to be waiting on account of him. On his return, the whole world will see his second coming, which will be sudden, personal, bodily, and visible. The world will know when he comes back. There will be no misunderstanding. It won't be like a television broadcast. Everyone across the world will see him, all at the same time. How do you think the Holy Spirit works today? How can we preach a message now and across the world, maybe the same message has been happening. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is all over the world. So don't think it's impossible. When he comes back, we will know. 
Jesus will return in great glory. Looking at Revelation 19, verse 11. Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. That's, the, that's Jesus. That's the last statement, faithful and true. That's the warrior image of Jesus. He's coming back to, to finish. It's done. Once he's back that last time, it's done. There is no second chance. After a final battle, he will reign as king of kings over his creation of all things submitted to his complete authority and rule. All opposing authorities and powers will be completely defeated. His victory complete. John 5, verses 27 to 29. And he has given him authority to judge everyone because he is the son of man. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's son and they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to to experience eternal life and those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. He will judge the living and the dead. Everyone who has died will be resurrected and with those alive transformed into eternal beings. Faithful believers resurrected to eternal life in the full presence of God and unbelievers to eternal anguish, punishment and separation from God. I know this is heavy stuff, church, but it's the Bible and it's a book. It's a complete book and it's a complete story about Jesus. So if you want Jesus as saviour, You've also got to accept you as coming king. And this is the coming king. Revelations 21, verses 1 to 2. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That's us, church. We're the bride. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. After Jesus' final battle, God creates a new heaven and earth where his people will dwell with him forever. All sickness, death, suffering, pain, sorrow, sin, evil, wickedness, and the enemy will be no more. The curse on all creation lifted, and everything restored to what God intended for us. So let's look at some of the good news. Why is it good to have Jesus as our Saviour and coming King? Hebrews 2.18 for because he himself was, has suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus overcame so we could have the power to. He understands the trials we face, and he endure, as he endured them himself, Jesus is the one we need to fix our gaze on forever. No one and nothing else but him. When we accept Jesus as our Lord Saviour, we become servants of Jesus Christ. I'll go too far. A quote from Back to the Bible, you version Bible plan. When Jesus is in charge, everything changes for the better. 
when Jesus takes control, when you wholeheartedly give yourself to him and follow his instructions. There's no better truth than Jesus. When you accept Jesus into your heart and mind, he makes us new and will transform you into the person he destined you to be. Let me stop there. We've all gone through trials in our life. I'd be really surprised if any one of you has not faced some sort of hurt, pain, or suffering. And even more so that we've gone through COVID. But let me tell you now, personally, there is no one like Jesus. There's no one better than him. I can sing all day about Jesus. Dash the Spice Girls. He's the one. He's the number one. He's the only one. We've all got to grab hold of him now while we still can. Because if it... My fear is someone walks away when Jesus is calling them and they miss. They miss out on what God had for them. Because you just don't know. If we had a life like Joseph, Joseph was given a promise right at the beginning. I'm going to make you higher than your brother's. And he bragged about it. Sadly, he bragged about it to his brothers who weren't too happy with him. And they chucked him into a, a well. He was taken imprisoned. He was accused of rape. He was put in prison again. But Joseph didn't have an easy time. Yet there was a plan. And the plan was to save God's people. One man saved God's whole nation. No matter what pain you suffered, no matter who's hurt you, no matter what word has been said over you in your life, Jesus is the answer. Amen. Jesus is the one who forgives. Amen. He's the one that gives you the power to forgive others. Not you. Jesus. Yeah. Amen. He's the one that gives you the power to get up in the morning. He's the one that gives you the power to love. Jesus. We need to accept Jesus into our heart so he can make us new. So he can transform us to be that person he wants you to be. Yeah. When we see and know Jesus, we see and know God. Matthew 7 verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Jesus is our rock. He is the cornerstone and the foundation of his church. We are the living temples of his holy presence. John 6, verse 27. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Jesus gives us spiritual food that leads to and sustains eternal life in him. Be satisfied in Christ in all things and he will sustain you in all things. Jesus at the cross with the two thieves shows a picture of people's different states of heart. One accepted and acknowledged who Jesus was and received salvation and redemption on the spot. The other rejected Jesus and would by his choice choose destruction and eternal separation from God. I pray we and everyone we come across makes the right choice to believe in Jesus. One of the questions I would like to ask is, why do you love Jesus? Yeah. 
Before we know him, we don't understand why we love him, why we need to love him. But as we get to know him, what he did for us, what he stands for, and how much he loves us, then we understand the question. And I can understand why Jesus, when he walked the earth, one of his main focuses was looking at what we value and what we love. Because he was trying to show us there's only one thing worth loving. There is only one thing worth valuing, and that is a relationship with our God. What a privilege and a blessing we all share in, that Jesus clearly revealed God to us. His truth and how we can know him better. It is not about how smart we are, but it's about the grace that God has revealed to us through his son. We are blessed that we can share in this relationship with God through our union with Christ our Lord. A quote from C.S. Lewis. Everything is good when it looks to him and bad when it turns from him. Key points to remember. He came because he loved us to die for all our sins and become the only way for our salvation and redemption. He defeated Satan, sin and death at the cross. And he rose, resurrected on the third day by God's power. He ascended back to the Father after encouraging and teaching his disciples about what they had witnessed and to wait for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He currently reigns at the right hand of God and their kingdom continues to grow and advance. He will return and put everything up right after placing everything under his authority and judgment. And Jesus is the Son of God and God himself. My last quote for the day. He died not for men, but for each man. If each man had been the only man made, he would have done no less. Ladies, don't feel excluded. That's inclusive. When he says men and man, that's male and female. Jesus, as God the Son, was worthy before he died for us, as God is always worthy. But to those who accept his salvation, he is even more worthy of our praise for all he has done and all he continues to do for us. I pray you seek more of him and continue to lift up the name of Jesus as Saviour, Healer, Baptizer and Coming King. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we thank you.